Monday, October 10th, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Pro, Jeff Fisher, from Motley Fool Stock Advisor, Jason Moser, and from Motley Fool Inside Value, Joe Maker. Guys, happy Damn Monday. Hey, Thank you. We have the latest from Apple and Netflix, but we will start with the big story, which is that Saturday night, the finalists for the 2011 Podcast Awards were announced. Over 1.4 million people nominated shows, and I am happy to announce that Market Foolery is a finalist in the business category. So Bravo. thank you, Woo! thank you to our dozens of listeners out there. Thank you. Although, frankly, with 1.4 million people voting, I'm starting to think that we don't have dozens of listeners. I think we, no, I, I was we, just, we might have scores. That of seems listeners. like it's who <laughs> voted statistically significant. They voted exactly. many, many times. We. What's that? Scores of listeners who voted again and Chris again. Chris voted 1.1 right? 1. 1 million. Times. <laughs> no, see, yeah, that's. I think, I think you're limited to just one. Vote, so aren't for you? the nominations, you could only vote once, but for the next round of voting, you'll be able to vote multiple times. So ballot box stuffing is encouraged. We will have details on that later in the week. Uh, but thank you again to all of our listeners who voted for Market Foolery. Uh, let's move on to the, the other news of the day. Pre-orders for Apple's new iPhone 4S topped $1 million in a single day, beating the previous one-day record. Uh, Jeff Fisher, I'll start with you. What, what does this say to you? The main takeaway here is that iPhone is now being sold for AT&T, Verizon, and Sprint now. And this is the first time all three are, are carrying it during a, a launch of a new model. So even though this new phone only, it, well, it has plenty of qualities that make it better. It's about mm-hmm. two times faster. Graphics are seven times faster. Uh, more battery life, supposedly, a much better camera, all these things. But I think what's really driving all these sales are all these Verizon and Sprint customers who have had maybe a Razor for years. Mm -hmm. They've been waiting for this new model to come onto their network, and now they're ditching their Motorola for this iPhone. So, Jason, all of the wailing and gnashing of teeth we heard last week from various people about the fact that it wasn't an iPhone 5, that that appears not to have dampened sales. I mean, the camera's megapixels are like twice as much as they were before. I mean, that you know, it was a big deal. I think, um, in all honesty, I, I think the biggest deal is that it is going to be available in all these platforms, uh, not just the not just the one platform anymore. And that certainly makes a difference. It opens up to a lot more uh, market. You know, Google Android has held the majority of market share in in mobile for so long now. But I think the biggest reason for that was because Apple iPhone was only available on that one platform. So this ought to this ought to at least you know help help some of that market share gain out. Joe, what do you think? I think they should have just named the darn thing iPhone Five. <laughs> they should have done it. Sales would have been better. Um, I do think this is a good example. Sales though. set a record. How much better can they get? It could have been better. I think this is a good example of us all panning the latest iProduct. Uh, everyone does it. We do it, and then they come out and blow the lights out to their credit. Uh, I think Jeff's totally right. There was a lot of pent-up demand for this. It's been, what, 15, 16 months mm-hmm. since, I, since iPhone 4 rolled out. So a lot of people eager, excited, and it will be a better phone, and they'll sell plenty of them. So, Jason, you mentioned uh, Google's uh, Android system. Um, obviously, it's it's still the dominant player uh, when it comes to mobile phones. So what you know, what is the big threat now? So Seth Jason, I think, will love me for this, but I'm actually going to call Microsoft as, as possibly a big factor in, in, in the competition here because they've got Windows 8 coming out soon. And so essentially, you know, they're trying to learn how to sort of integrate that Windows 8 system with mobile and with tablet technology. Uh, so while Android has been the most compelling option up to now, uh, it seems that there are a lot of positive reviews coming out early on Microsoft 8. Uh, that should certainly open the field up a little as, bit. As a Google shareholder, I will only say, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So you're, you're, Joe, you're taking the other side of that? Uh... Yeah, well, I feel like we've been saying that about Microsoft for years now, right? I mean, I agree. I think the Nokia partnership is a very good one, and they will start actually getting some distribution for their system pretty soon. Maybe they could get some critical mass with developers who get excited about producing apps that get consumers excited, but it's tough to picture them ultimately breaking the stranglehold that Android and iOS have. Jeff, what do you think? Is there a threat out there to the iPhone that maybe a lot of people aren't focused on? It's a nebulous answer, but I'd say the threat is time. I mean, Apple has all the shine and gets all the excitement around its products. If time starts to wear that away, almost like a fad, which I'm not saying Apple is by any means, but all technologies have their hot and then cool periods. Apple has in the past. Remember when the ThinkPad was the great laptop to own and Mm -hmm. Dell was once very hip. Right now, Apple is the hippest, coolest company out there. And over the course of time, if they can't keep that allure, then people will look at other less expensive phones as an alternative because the technologies are similar. Let's not forget about the C word, Chris. And we're talking about commodity here because ultimately, as these things keep on coming out, people buy more and more phones no matter what they are. Mm -hmm. These things eventually become a commodity. And while Apple right now is... You know, it's it's attractive to to the higher price point, but we know that Apple doesn't really compete on you know lower price points. And as these things keep coming out, people are going to start wondering: Do I really need you know what the iPhone is offering me? Am I using everything the iPhone offers me? And so when they see compelling options in uh, Google's Android and and potentially even even Microsoft's Windows 8, yeah, I think that uh, the commodity factor comes into play. Let's move from phones to tablets. Uh, there are rumors that Motorola may be <coughs> introducing a new version of the Zoom tablet. Um, it's the uh, reportedly the Motorola Zoom Family Edition. I'm not sure what was in the original <laughs> version that was not family friendly, but um, <laughs> but what I mean, what would a Motorola tablet need to have in it? To uh, to really make a dent in iPad sales, an Apple logo. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's you're saying it's basically a non-starter. Is it a two-horse a, race? Is I don't it think just it a chance? Is it the iPad and Amazon's uh, Kindle yeah. Fire? Yeah, that's I, it. I, I would agree with that. And if we had, if we had a crash and burn uh, sound effect right now, that's what we should use. Because <laughs> supposedly the big thing about the big thing of very good, Joe. Thank you. The big thing about this uh, family tablet from Motorola is it has zoodles on it. Zoodles? Which is, it makes it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You press a button or whatever, and it becomes a kid-friendly tablet, and that's why it's the family tablet. Well, that's just software, and Apple could easily replicate that. That's pretty gimmicky. (laughs) Until the kid figures out how to hack it and turn it to a adult-friendly tablet. (laughs) So I I don't see anything They call that the JMO feature. (laughs) So uh, I want to go back to something that uh, Jeff had touched on, and that's this notion of of Apple and time. Um, uh, Walmart is uh, a company that's certainly performed very well for decades. But if you look at Walmart's stock over the last decade, it's basically been flat. Um, Apple has had an amazing run as a company and as a stock. Over the next five to ten years, do you think Apple continues to grow, if not necessarily at the same rate, at a market-beating rate? Or is Apple maybe at risk of sort of entering into a Walmart type of phase where the stock really doesn't do a whole lot? Jeff? I would say Apple, over the next five years at least, has a much better chance of appreciating than Walmart ever did. Around 2000, Walmart was at a 50-some multiple to earnings. So all these years, earnings have kept growing, the shares have gone nowhere, and the multiple is now in the teens, low Mm -hmm. teens. So it's just multiple contraction for a decade. 
Apple's only in the teens right now, as it is. Jason? Yeah, I think five years is actually the line here. I was uh, noting, so you, you know, like iPods in general are pretty saturated out there now. The iPhone is sort of making its way through the market, and iPads are, are going through as well. Around five years, you're going to see uh, those items starting to, to sort of saturate the market as well. And I think the key is for Tim Cook, what are they going to innovate? What are they going to develop next? Because for five years, they should probably be okay. But if they're not coming out with something new and something compelling, that's when I think the company faces a real big test. Joe? Yeah, I think smartphones and tablets are both going to be growing at a rate way above GDP for a very long time, and they should be beneficiaries of that. There's no chance that they're going to grow anywhere near what they've done over the last five, ten years, and I don't think anyone expects that. I mean, when you look at the stock price, even though it's you know what north of three hundred billion dollars of market cap, um, you know when you get down to the PE ratio, for example, which is simplistic, but it's what around fifteen, sixteen times earnings, something like that, which is pretty tame for a business that's grown at the rate it has. Netflix announced this morning it is killing Quickster, the separate DVD by mail rental service. CEO Reed Hastings said the company had made a mistake and was going to keep Netflix as the single website for both streaming video and DVDs. Uh, shares were up big this morning, Jason. They've sort of flattened out uh, since the early morning pop. Um, but good move <laughs> by Netflix, finally. Hugh Joe's crash and burn sound effect. <laughs> I have to get rid of my Quickster T-shirt now. I just bought that thing. <laughs> they had T-shirts. Uh, gee whiz. You know, I, I guess I'm probably a little bit more of a skeptic where Netflix is concerned. It's obviously a big-time recommendation for us over at Stock Advisor. It's mm-hmm. done very well. Uh, I've, I've always just kind of had a little bit of a tough time getting past the valuation and what they actually do. You know, they don't produce the content. They just deliver it to us. Uh, I think that this is... Another one of those things over the past three months that makes us wonder what in the world's going on behind those doors. Mm-hmm. I think Saturday Night Live is going to have a field day with this one this weekend, <laughs> and uh, I think this just really opens it up for you know the competition. And you know we we talk about who's their biggest competitor. I think it's really all of the above. You look at companies like Amazon, just thinking that deal with Fox. They just put out the Kindle Fire. Interestingly enough, the Kindle Fire has the Netflix app on it too. It's just it's it, it had you have to wonder what's going on behind those doors. Jeff, what do you think? That's what it comes down to, lack of confidence in management at this point. They made a really hasty decision, Hastings is saying, to split the company <laughs> in two. And now they're deciding, what, a few weeks later to keep it together. And the funny thing is they're they're bowing to market pressures, it feels like. The market and customers were so upset that, yeah. that they've done a, an about-face. But as much fun as we made of, of splitting the business in two, I think in a lot of ways it made a lot of sense. It, when you look at the way the future is going to go, and DVDs are going to be marginalized and eventually go away. It, 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 there was some logic to splitting up. That said, I agree with not doing it at this point. And as a customer, I was getting ready to cancel, and now I'll, I'll, I'll consider again. <laughs> well, yeah, they're not bumping the prices back down, are they? Joe? Well, as someone who likes to have as many online usernames and accounts to manage as possible, I was disappointed <laughs> with this news. Um, yeah, this is obviously the right move. What I think is interesting is how Hastings has long been saying and said when the news initially came out about the Quickster rollout that basically they've been planning this all along. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little surprised that this has been kind of the long-term vision and then they so quickly backed off it. Now, I know everyone hated it and I think it was a dumb move, so I'm glad they did it both as a user and I don't own the stock, but I think this is definitely a good move for the business. But I definitely want, you know, wonder like what is what is going on that they would back off something that 
has been part of their long-term vision. And these guys, up until recently, have earned, uh, you know, street cred for having the ability to think round corners. And, you know, I don't know. It seems like there's a lot to wonder about here. And they're clearly having some some issues with self-confidence behind the scenes. They're also backing away from video games as well, because that was part of the announcement when they announced Quickster was, hey, for you gamers out there, we are getting into the um, you know, video game by mail uh, services, and now they've, uh, the, the official announcement today was that it's, uh, they're still considering it. Um, but Jason, what I, do you think I was surprised that they even considered getting into that for two reasons, really, because number one, you have Gamefly out there, which is a relatively new company, but that's what they do. I mean, they don't focus on movies or anything else. It's just just games. But the other thing is just the trend for gaming to go digital. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you see this in companies like Activision Blizzard, uh, where they are making more and more of their content available via online platforms like Battle.net. And they've made no no secret that it's that's the direction that gaming is going. So to see Netflix even consider getting into that was kind of surprising. I think I'd rather you know see them not try to dabble with that. And this this indecision on gaming just points to that they're really scrambling behind the scenes to try to figure out what their next move should be and their eyes off the ball. I mean, it's really all about content, having good content right now to lure in more customers, especially when your competition is growing their content base. Uh, it's just a sign that they're 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 not focused on what they should be, in my opinion. They're talking about this little little marginal part of their business, games, when they really should be focused on building a great content library. So looking at the competitive landscape, there is no shortage of competitors. You've got Amazon, you've got the Dish Network, uh, which owns Blockbuster, um, Redbox, uh, owned by Coinstar, uh, Google with their incredibly deep pockets. Uh, There are the cable providers. And also sitting out there is Hulu, which may or may not be for sale. It it was for sale, and and now maybe they're backing off of that. so that remains in flux. Um, in terms of the biggest competitive threats to Netflix, what are like the top two or three, Jason? Uh, I think first and foremost is Amazon. That's the one that keeps on coming back to me. I mean, they've just really expanded their library recently to really match a lot of the content that Netflix has out there already. And given the the size of the company, their financial resources, and we just you know the innovation there behind management, that would be probably that's the one I'd be I'd be looking out for, Jeff. Amazon, Google, and Apple, because they're all working on products and operating systems that help you consume media. So they're going to have more say in where you go and how you get there and and what you purchase. Joe? Their own suppliers are the biggest threat, and this is no secret, but content costs are exploding. Uh, The Stars deal initially was $30 million a year, and they came back, wanted 10 times as much money, and the deal didn't go through. So if you're running a business and your suppliers are coming to you and saying, hey, I want to raise prices 900%, that's a problem with your business model. You lose some sleep over that. Yes, I certainly would. Uh, So that is, to me, the 800-pound gorilla in the room. Now, I will say the one thing that I was pretty bullish on was the tweet I saw the other day where Netflix and Showtime were talking about some kind of uh, effort to put out a few more episodes of Arrested Development leading into possibly a movie. Did anybody else see that? I did. And I think, one, I'm freaking thrilled about that. I love Arrested (laughs) Development. Uh, But two, I think, yeah, that's a super smart move. And I think you're going to see these guys starting to pursue more of an HBO-type strategy of original programming. I think that's really smart. So Netflix has killed Quickster, which means that Quickster, the brand, the Quickster brand, which is so strong, I think we all agree on that, (laughs) it's now available. So if you're starting a business or you think there's a business out there that should rebrand itself with the Quickster name, 
What are you going with, Jason? I guess that that guy on Twitter who had the Quickster handles pretty Jason, happy about all this, right? Jason Castillo, the pot smoking Elmo, I think. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, uh, ever since Quickster came out, I kept on thinking if it was going to be my business, I would be the guy who delivers chocolate and strawberry milk. I mean, it's still Boom. a big market there, so I'm the Quickster. <laughs> I'm bringing that stuff to your office, Jeff. Nice. Also in the food theme, Susie Q. Susie Q, hostess product, invented in 1961. We all know long they've been around a long right. time. They should take over the Quickster site and just sell Susie Q, and you get them within a day, maybe two. Wow. Who buys Susie Qs anymore? But if you knew you could just one-click it Jeff, and I have think, it at your desk. I think we need to talk about a little bit of a partnership. I was going to say, there's a chocolate milk Susie Q cake uh, brand going on there. Feel the love. Joe, what do you think? Most of my ideas have to do with the world's oldest profession and probably aren't suitable. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe instead I'll go with sandwich delivery. <laughs> like people on bicycles getting you an avocado BLT. I think we need a lunch break. <laughs> Joe Mager, Jeff Fisher, Jason Moser. Guys, thanks for being here. Thank, Thank you. you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Career. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. 